<laughs> Morning. That's how microphones work. That is how microphones work. <laughs> uh, welcome to Don't Be the Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. And on today's audio only <laughs> podcast, I am Jackson. Welcome one and welcome all uh, for any art for any of our listeners who are not uh, based in Texas, which I, I assume most of our listeners are. Um, we just had the hottest fucking weekend in the world, and oh. um, we had a ten degree drop. Which that ten degree drop only took us into the mid nineties. So, uh, how how did how did everyone fare? I I I have single pane windows, so it was way too hot for me my cats were all they were both laying on their sides did not move much this weekend it was brutal yeah not great i was i i was sweating but it was fine uh i mean it's texas we're all used to it right i will no. say i will say no not this year <laughs> this year i got used to staying inside <laughs> i was uh i was working out outside when the uh temperature drop happened so i oh. was like i was like the wind was blowing. The storm was coming in. And I was like, "Oh, I am fucked right now." This is like, <laughs> like, uh, like all of these leaves just start smacking me in the face while I'm finishing my workout. I'm like, "What's going on?" And then suddenly, I'm like, finishing up, and I feel just like this cool breeze. And I'm like, "Is it 70 degrees outside? What is Man. happening?" It felt so unbelievably nice. Yeah, I think the yeah. lowest it got was 87 or something like that. So well, it felt like a but dream. But it felt great. It felt amazing. Here's the thing, though, is that all weekend, my house would not get cold. So I'd have it set to, like, 69 degrees, and it would still be, like, 74. Nice. Nice. And then set to 69, bro. And then uh, when the temperature drop happened, all of a sudden it was freezing in my house. And I was like, this is what we're looking for. But I thought it was was rain and not wind because all the leaves were hitting my window. And I was like, dang, is that that raining outside? Like Shawshank Redemption, I was about to crawl outside my house and be like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> great spot on reference did you just watch that movie dave uh, a couple months ago okay. Adam, he's been waiting for that that's been in his back pocket in his stored it in the old noggin uh, adam how did your new house fare in this the heat you got a good air conditioner? Oh, the heat, heat was fine but the storm i kept thinking what what's breaking and what's expensive for storm as a homeowner oh, no. <laughs> yeah I, I was told i don't own a home adam you're the only one here who now owns a home but i was i asked a guy once uh anthony we all know him tony and i asked him what's it like like what did you notice change he goes i immediately noticed that i was my dad i was walking around the house turning off lights and being like man who's doing this you got guys we're paying for that <laughs> He's like, I'm not that guy, but as soon as we bought a house, I became that. Uh, I'm not doing that, but I have replaced a half dozen light switches, so oh. I am kind of my dad. Adam, Adam's the kind of guy, uh, he's kind of homeowner, who's like, who touched the nest? Who touched the nest? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was because yes. somebody stole one at a house show, so. Oh, there you go. That's good time. Are you going to have house shows in your new house, Adam? No, definitely not. What? <laughs> what? Bullshit. What, Adam, you missed the days where after a house show, we would uh, literally wring the blinds dry of beer and sweat. We would grab. Yeah, that was fun. We would grab the uh, blinds and like pull them all the way up and then squeeze them and they would just all drip. It was disgusting. Ugh. Into like Dave a wood. making a face for everyone yeah. listening. 
into a wooden window frame too. So like it was just soaking it up at the bottom. Well, Dave, your band was partly responsible for the beer and sweat. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, the, and the feet print, the shoe prints on the on the ceiling. Yep. Good time. I love how I didn't have to clean any of that up when I moved. It felt so great. Uh, all right. That's enough catching up, enough reminiscing. Let's talk about some news. Um, I'm just going to start off with the um, my most negative piece of news, and then it'll only be positive from there. Or will it? So... Uh, if you didn't see, Smash Mouth performed at a South Dakota music festival. Did you guys see this? Yes. No. Wasn't this a biker festival or something? Oh, was it Sturgis? It, yes, it was. So it, it was. It, there was a ton of bands. And don't worry, I have a list of all the quote-unquote relevant bands that you may know. So I'm not going to let Smash Mouth be the only From one. 1996? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let Smash Mouth be the only one who takes heat here. The only reason yeah. Smash Mouth was singled out is because during their set, they said something along the lines of, oh, look at us all here together. Fuck that COVID shit. And then everyone, they pan around to the crowd and nobody's wearing a mask. Everybody's right next to each other. So that's why they got all the flack. Um, and they deserve it. But also all these other bands deserve it. So I just want to go ahead and go down the list of all the bands, the, this first band is a special shout out to you, Hagen. Other bands who performed included Trapped, yes, Buck, yes, Buck, Buck Cherry, <laughs> Dallas's own Drowning Pool, Night Ranger, Reverend Horton Heat, Lit, Thirty Eight Special, Quiet Riot, and Big Skillet. I think there was tons of other bands, but those were the biggest names. And I am confident in saying that. None of these bands are really relevant anymore, so it makes sense that they were playing a biker festival in You South better Dakota. watch out. You better watch out. Trapped will come for you so fast. <laughs> oh, bring it on. <laughs> Anthony Fantano did a review of their new record and just drug it through the mud. So <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it only made, like, it made so little money. It's ridiculous. Okay, but uh, to piggyback on this, uh, I found an article about this about this uh this concert this festival like right when it happened and so the smash mouth thing was like headlines because it was like very controversial they said that mm-hmm. but trapped when they played it nobody was there oh. nobody nobody was at their stage so so the 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 whole bit is like the whole concert was like no social distancing enforced etc and the quote from the article is well it looks like you really didn't need to enforce social distancing during trap set because it doesn't seem like anybody showed up to see them oh, literally brutal. like pictures of them playing to no one it's so fucking funny i i like Fuck that band. Fuck those guys. I it, it's exactly what they deserved. It's a, it's so good. I hope I hope it was worth it for them. Yeah. <laughs> my 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 friend Arjuna plays drums for Reverend Horton Heat. I wonder if he was there. Yeah. Well, you should check up on them. See how it was. Yeah. <laughs> I and here's my thing about it is normally I am of the mindset of my heart goes out much like the the workers who are having to go out and work in grocery stores and to make ends meet my heart goes out to them but i mean this festival was very blatantly going against the grain of safety there was you know it's hard for me to really have my heart go out to any of these bands in the sense of you were just trying to make 
ends meet, even though that's probably some of it, but also I guarantee you that's not the case for all of them. None of this was none of this was essential. This was this was just these bands coming together and these people who are there coming together to be like, fuck you. We're not gonna wear a mask, we're not gonna follow social distancing. Uh, we're going to keep having music because whatever reason they believe. I'm not afraid of the virus or the virus is a fake or whatever. But, I mean, in reality, they just all look stupid because they decided to spend their weekend going to see Smash Mouth and Trapped. Well, and it's probably mostly that, – that festival is huge. So, like, it's probably mostly just people going to the festival itself. And I would say, yeah. too, like, uh, was it indoors or outdoors? It's outdoors. 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 So the artists are probably safe. Yeah. Yeah, except for, you know, the brand damage that does to Drowning Pool. Well, yeah, but I mean, like... <laughs> Everybody is, is really hitting the floor this time. Oh, God. Uh, all the bodies hitting the floor. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I did it! Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Hagen's got a, a piece of cool news, so... It's like kind of cool. Yeah, no more negative news. People are pretty upset about this in some ways. Uh, But so uh, the band Wolfpack, uh, they are a funk band. They're considered low volume funk is the the genre they gave themselves. Um, So they they do a lot of gimmicky things here and there. Uh, They released a video recently that was basically announcing that they are auctioning off uh, the, the track 10 of their next album on eBay. Uh, it has been stuck at the same number for a minute, but for the past, like, I guess over a week, it's been at, uh, over $50,000 is the current bid, um, 50,200. So, uh, the whole, the whole shtick is you pay, you went, you win the auction and you get track 10 on the next album. You get two, two minutes and 30 seconds. You can put whatever you want on there. You can put a song, you can put a wedding proposal, you can put, uh, anything, anything at all. Uh, but Jack Stratton, the, the lead guy, is, is very famous for doing these sorts of crazy things. He's done the thing called Sleepify. You guys Brilliant. know Sleepify? Yes, yeah. that's the one that has they now Spotify has like outlawed that kind of activity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he released a book on Amazon that's by the book that's it's called it's called How I Made Two Hundred Ninety Thousand Dollars Selling Books, uh, and the book is two hundred ninety thousand dollars on Amazon. <laughs> uh, has that so, sold? Yeah, it's sold. Uh, so he's he, he's an absolutely ridiculous person he's all about like the gimmicks the fun and whatnot but people are really mad about it some of the fans are like this is this is fucking ridiculous because you're putting it at this price point where none of us can actually compete with you um and so I, it's, it's like the o- only people that find it controversial are fans everybody else is like this is cool this is awesome yeah. Yeah, everybody that everybody else is trying to make money right now is like, damn, I wish I thought of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The way I uh, perceive it is that you know, it just sounds like I don't know this band well, but I know of all these you know, marketing gimmicks. It just sounds like they are the Sufjan Stevens Fifty States project, but over and over again with new ideas over and over. And then it always works. It's, I think I think it's yeah. genius. I think it's absolute genius. Of yeah. course. I mean, just skip the song if you're a fan and you're upset by it. But also, let's say that some, I mean, I don't. I can't really think, if I was given that time slot, what would I do? And I'm not talking about for $50,000 if I was given that time slot. I'm talking about, like, if they just gave me the opportunity, would I just write my own music? Would I put my own music in? What would I do? I have no clue. I, I would probably put one of my band's song in and then hope that it does something. 
but uh, I can't uh, imagine anybody would do something other than that. Or like a minute and 15 seconds in, just, just fart. <laughs> and then that's it. Damn. Seth MacFarlane over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's the, the, the eBay page is very fun. Uh, if anyone wants to go read it, they have like all the information about it. Um, so it's like it, it, it describes what you're basically bidding for, which is the track, what like past people who have been on track 10 are. But my favorite thing is that it says it's parcel number 2020-16-12-0007. It's the acres are up to two minutes and 30 minutes. <laughs> I, it's just like it's just really leaning into the whole thing um but it's great it's funny and cool yeah it's a cool marketing gimmick i mean also you got to think when if there's enough hoopla behind this whole thing people are going to go straight to track track 10 just that maybe on that album for the first couple weeks the first like the biggest song on the yep. album it's very true absolutely it's very, very true man what if they uh i mean have they released any singles for this yet? Does anybody know? Yeah, they have like three out. Damn, three. I was going to say, what if this was the first single was track 10? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, the, the, I think the rest of the album's done. Um, I think this is the last piece of the puzzle, and I think the auction close, the auction closes next month. Um, so I'm guessing once they close that auction, they can just turn around and release the album whenever they want, basically. Do you think Man. they'll put, put the Wolf Compressor on the track? <laughs> yeah, all of their their entire <laughs> contribution is just run their own compressor on the guys on the other person's track. If it's a wedding proposal, that would be the coolest sounding wedding proposal oh, man. ever. <laughs> man, but imagine paying fifty thousand dollars for that track and then uh the band coming back and editing it or doing something on top of it. Right. I would be so mad. I'd be like, motherfucker, I paid fifty thousand dollars to have a loud snare drum for fucking 90 <laughs> seconds unedited unmastered yeah i <laughs> These mean are that's, my conditions if if that person uh is part of this then they are not like true fans of wolfpack and they should like totally because like you would hope that the, the person who like wins this auction will be an actual fan but who knows it could not be it could just be some random person who is like this will be fucking hilarious if i win yeah i, I hope, hope it's, it's just elon absolute Musk. gibberish I do or, not or hope Elon, it's Elon Musk. God, <laughs> fuck that. It probably will be now that you said that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet at him after this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be Jackson, wonderful. are you on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm gonna make a tweeter. <laughs> Dude, I just I just made a new Twitter. I only follow one person. Dawes. Ah. Dawes. <laughs> you you don't even follow our podcast? I didn't know we were on that Twitter. We never post on. Uh, all right, that's that's the needle in the haystack for our listeners. If you want to find find Dave on Twitter, he follows one one person. So go to Dawes and try and find out who he is. <laughs> all right, I got one more piece of news, and it's really just me being angry uh, that I got so many notifications about this, and I don't understand why it's such a big deal. Metallica's doing a drive-in show. Yay! And who cares? Exactly. Who cares? But I got a notification of a news article saying, oh, Metallica's doing the, you know, inaugural. I fucked that word up. But uh, drive-in show for this. Inaudible. Inaudible drive-in show. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'd go to that. (laughs) Like a silent uh, Metallica show? Yeah, 
they're doing a drive-in show, but they're it's at first when I heard about this and I saw the price point, which I'll get to, I thought, oh, it's gonna be you know an actual show and it's just gonna be in this one area. No, they're recording the show somewhere and then they're just screening at drive-in shows. So I was like, why is this news? Who cares? I mean, you could play any Metallica thing, and. Then I saw, I got on Instagram, like a sponsored post because I was reading the article and I saw all the comments. I was like, people are going to be dragging this through the mud. No, I was completely wrong. People were super excited. Can anybody guess how much it was per car? $120. Oh, there you go. It's $115. And I was so is. close. Yeah. You can have <laughs> six people max. And so... For $115, if you have a max of six people, that's about $19 per person. That seems really cheap to say you can have six people instead of how many you can fit in a car. You can't do that. And I, I was wondering, how do they enforce that? And it said, if you don't have a seatbelt on when you come in, you can't come in. Okay, wait, so let me let me just... Wait, sure, that makes sense. Let me run this back. So they're going to just play a pre-recorded <laughs> concert at this, yes. right? Now, Correct. Uh, if anybody, there, there's no fucking way in hell there is, but if anybody is listening to this is a Metallica fan, every Monday they are live streaming on their Facebook old concerts. So I know this is a new concert or whatever, but you can go listen every Monday to an old Metallica concert. Why the fuck are people like, what? What the are fuck? They playing, do we know if they're doing any new songs or if they have anything up their sleeve to make it worthwhile? They've been writing an album in quarantine, so they better have something new. I don't know. Uh, you know, you can guarantee this is going to be a heavily edit, edited show. It's going to sound what? great. There's going to be double kick drum. And <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't see it coming, I bought us all a ticket. We're all going, guys. And no. th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the episode now, and it'll be our review of the concert. So enjoy, Surprise. everybody. <laughs> Surprise. Oh, I want to see the, t- the statistics of how far people listened into the episode. <laughs> it just drops, drops off. <laughs> No, we're, we're going to get to it, but first I wanted to talk a little bit about visual albums. We're talking about albums that have a visual component to it, and really more specifically like movies and whatnot, because yeah. I, I got into the idea of it, and I thought, you know, isn't every album visual because it has artwork and blah, 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 but we're specifically talking about albums that come with a visual component, such as a movie, and obviously the biggest one being Pink Floyd, The Wall, but then there are tons of other examples from the likes of Beyonce and then Daft Punk. And then even, I mean, the first one that I was aware of, um, and I didn't even think of this until looking at research, was the Beatles had their movies Hard Day's Night and Help, which has anybody ever watched those? I watched Hard Day's Night and it's <laughs> uh, I the movie was over and I was like, what? Why? Yeah. <laughs> It technically has a narrative, but it's very much the idea is just a day in the life of the Beatles, and it was in like the height of you know Beatlemania, so it really just seems like a way to cash in on that. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I'm not even gonna really talk about it. You know, no, we all know how I am, we though. feel about. Was that. the Go. old man? <laughs> it's only good as a as an early example of that. Was the old man good. Paul McCartney's grandfather? Man, I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) God. Did you watch it? I watched it a long time ago. 
Well, there was that old man that was like on the train with them, and then uh, they were like, "Who's this guy?" And Paul McCartney's like, "Oh, that's my grandfather." Everybody in the band's like, "That's not your grandfather. We know your grandfather." And he's like, "Oh, that's my other grandfather." And then the entire movie, he's like getting them to sign an autograph, and it looks like he's just scheming. And then he's messing up this whole. The whole plot is that they're trying to get to this TV show taping, and they're going from like a train station to the TV show, and they keep getting rerouted and distracted and then they get to the place they start having trouble with rehearsals then they lose ringo because the old man is like hey you you're just the drummer you 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 should get out more and he's like maybe i should get out more he's like what should i do you should go take pictures around town so he does that's not how he said it how did he say it you should get out more More, and, more, and more, Ringo's more. like, maybe I should, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was actually really good. That was good. I'm glad anyway, I stopped That's you. the whole episode. We got to stop now. <laughs> so then no, we're Ringo... not even to the topic yet, Adam. We're going to R- talk about the Metallica movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo gets arrested. <laughs> and then they come and find him just in time to tape the show. And then the fucking thing's over. That's it. Literally, literally, I thought... Right before we recorded this, I remember Jackson saying, we're not going to talk about the whole plots of these movies, but now hey. I don't have to watch the movie, so thank you, because I, I didn't want to, but now I definitely don't have to. Well, that's the whole plot of the movie. That's I just wanted to go through it real quick and tell everybody, don't watch it. It's horseshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you're a Beatles mega fan, I don't think those are really enjoyable to watch, because really what it is, is they are these like musical vignettes, like there'll be music videos, basically. And then they'll have a little story thread that connects one music video to the next. And when I say it connects it, I mean, occasionally there will be just a part where like, oh, they're singing in their apartment. It's not like it actually makes sense in context of the story. So that really did feel like a, you know, cash grab or, you know, like really, you know, cashing in on the mania. Um, I'm being texted and reminded about Yellow Submarine. Does anybody want to talk about Yellow Submarine? The horrid, horrid song, Yellow Submarine. Um, I could just I could just say the next thing I was gonna say instead. Please do. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um I, I, I it brings up <laughs> I'm getting uh, a lot of nasty texts. <laughs> uh I, it brings up a, a point to me that um about the fact that there was a narrative, even though it was bad in the, in the Beatles movie, uh, does a visual album, does it need a narrative? Mm. I would say that no, it doesn't because there are a lot of examples. Like, uh, one of them I wrote down was animal collective made a movie called odd sack. And if you don't know animal collective, well, fuck that. If you do know animal collective, but you haven't seen this movie, you know exactly what this movie is. I remember very vividly in high school, let's say drinking soda, drinking a lot of soda and watching Animal Collective music videos with friends and stuff like that. So there was really no narrative thread to it, but it's very visual and it's a different way to consume an album. Man, the um, fucked up thing is like you saying, "Let's drink." Like I was drinking soda in high school. That's just that's just what you were doing. Like I, why, you're like you're like you're doing the "How I Met Your Mother" eating sandwiches bit. <laughs> Fuck you. You were drinking soda, probably. <laughs> no, you don't need a narrative thread for it to be a visual album. <laughs> I was thinking about this a lot with like the difference between uh, a visual album 
and like a music video and stuff like that. And I feel like there, there are differences, but I think I agree. The narrative is not necessary. I think that some people I've read that some people think there needs to be a narrative. Um, but I, I don't think a narrative is necessary because like, I, I, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but I feel like you don't have to have a narrative in a movie. Sometimes it can just be just like images or absolutely. I, oh, like every Tim Burton movie. Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Did you what? Sweeney Todd is uh, that's a Tim Burton movie, but it's Stephen Sondheim wrote it. There's a fucking narrative. Well, okay, so here here's a better example than whatever Dave said. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this, so Dave, please correct me if I'm wrong on it. But I think one of the best examples, uh, or at least a modern example, of a kind of non-narrative based visual album would be Beyonce's Lemonade, and right what you really are able to take away from that is even though there's not like visually this story of, okay, Oh, this is this character going through this. It's, it's a lot of music videos or a lot of artistic visions, uh, sewn together. And from what I know, they were created as one thing, blah, blah, blah. But, um, what you get narratively is from the actual album itself. I don't think you necessarily need the actual, uh, visual thing to be the narrative if you're getting it from the music itself well and to a certain extent if it did follow it in that way where there was a lot more narrative that went you know in some ways if the narrative was stronger than the songs then we would be talking about a musical right yeah i think that's a good point so it almost seems like these these albums these visual albums are right outside the the room of musicals where you can toe that line and get really close to it but it's not as on the nose. I I would also say that like a, a visual album, the songs don't have to have a narrative, but like the the thing that you're seeing could have a narrative, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it has to, but like the the songs, like the album, could just be an album of songs, and then the visual could be a narrative connecting those things. Whereas, like you said, I mean, with musicals, you're gonna have both. You're gonna have it be uh, the songs and the visuals are connecting because there is a narrative in musicals. I I don't think there's. I'm sure there has, but who gives a shit if there's a musical that doesn't have a narrative? I mean, that's part of the the whole fun of it. You mean cats? There's a there's a there's a narrative. Hardly, hardly. There is it, one. It exists. <laughs> um. There's a narrative, like one. Yeah, Just yeah. Just one. one narrative plot line. <laughs> and that's that narrative it. is. There are cats in a city. <laughs> I don't know if any anybody's ever seen Purple Rain, the Prince movie. Was there oh, a narrative great. in that one? Yeah, there was. There, I mean, there was like a story that you could follow. The, the music yeah, wasn't yeah. as... Uh, the, the music was less pronounced than the story was. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, here's the what I feel about visual albums. It's very much like a... Um, concept album to me it is more and i know there's a lot of albums that like lemonade and the self-titled album uh they were composed at the same time as the album but i also just in general i think when it comes to music all these things just become auxiliary to me if i already like the album and i find out that there's a movie that was created at the same time then that is really something I'm going to go seek out if I want it. But then also if it sucks, I really don't care. It, it doesn't really bother me. I, I, a great example of that is one of my favorite albums of all time 
is Daft Punk's Discovery. I love that. It is probably my favorite electronic album ever. And along with that, if you don't know it, is a an animated movie that was developed with the band called Interstellar Five. Yes, that, that's it, Tron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called Interstellar Five 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 Five. Had to make sure I got the correct amount of fives there. But and honestly, if you ever watched Toonami as a kid or ever, you've seen Interstellar Five 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 Five. It is these like blue people, and it's just animated, and they're they go through it. But the whole idea is a band gets kidnapped, and then they get saved, and it's going through the whole album basically. And I really I didn't know there was that movie until maybe a year or two after discovering that album. No pun intended. So did the movie? Did seeing the movie inform? Did it give you any more information about the album? Uh, absolutely not. No. Right. No. And I, I can't point to an example of a visual album where I felt, well. I mean, maybe The Wall. I, I've never seen The Wall. So, hmm. Adam, it, should I see The Wall? If if you hate Pink Floyd, then no. But, I mean, I think it, it's different because it's a movie that was developed alongside an album, basically. And so I think that's why it works, and it's something different, because it almost works as more of a musical movie than an album, like a visual album. So. One thing I don't know, Adam, is does does the track order of that record follow through the movie? Is it the same, or did they switch it up? I'm not sure offhand. I want to say it, it goes basically all the way through as it is on the album, and there are some extra tracks, though. Yeah, like Another Brick in the Wall. I think that's, that's there's like three parts of that in the movie. So they do break it up a bit to fit the narrative. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there are non-musical parts of it too, which is a different thing. So, and Dave, you mentioned a thing about like, does that does that change anything for the album for you? Mm-hmm. Um, talking about Daft Punk, I think that such a thing. I don't. I don't think that they tend to change anything for the album. I think that like, look at the response to like Lemonade and and all, uh, Beyonce's visual albums. It's not that it is like. It's not that it's changing the opinion of the album. If anything, it's just making people just love the art more. It's right. like this other version of expression of this of this music, right? So you can like really love the album, and if you love it so much, you could watch this and go, "Well, now I I love it even more. It's something for me to take in." I think it's that's that's something you can like bring it closer to music videos with because a lot of people I don't really care for music videos that much like some of them are cool but it's not the first thing that I think about whenever I hear a song like oh I wonder if there's a music video or even if my favorite band releases a music video I'm not stoked on it um but it does it just adds that next layer to the entertainment and the 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 value of it maybe in some way it doesn't make the, the song better or worse or the album better or worse it just creates this new way of taking in the entertainment that could be maybe better in some ways and not in others right right yeah i think that's a good point that you brought up hagan with the kind of music video sense because um my girlfriend loves lemonade Uh, it's one of her favorite albums and we sat down and watched that together and even though she loves the visual aspect of it i guarantee you you know, she's only actually watched Lemonade a handful of times, but has listened to the album repetitively, and that is still the go-to way of, uh, you know, 
digesting the material, it, you can appreciate it like a music video. I I like music videos, but even when a new music video comes out or just a music video in general, I'm only ever going to watch that maybe once. Uh, if it's an okay go uh, music video, I oh, may yeah. watch it like five times. But other than that, you know, I'm never going to watch it. Even if it's from my favorite band, I'm going to watch it the one time just to, you know, support them and see kind of what they did. And then after that, I'm going to go listen to the song just on its own. So that's how I really feel about, you know, visual albums. And it's not that I dislike them. It's just, I don't know. I always, and bear with me on this comparison, but every Monty Python movie I've ever seen feels like a bunch of skits put together and then a really loose thread between those skits. And that's how I feel about a, a visual album is that here are all these uh, songs and artistic visions because sometimes you'll have different, it'll feel like music videos, which I haven't seen Black is King, but I've heard that's kind of what Black is King is like is it's a bunch yeah. of different artistic visions. And uh, it just feels like, okay, well, how do we get from this one to the next one? Well, here's a really loose way to get to it. And then boom, we're into this maybe completely U-turn effect. Right, yeah, I almost found you know <clears throat> with Lemonade and with Black is King, I didn't, I haven't seen uh, self-titled, but with those two, I almost wish I would have heard the album before seeing the the visual because there's so much money put into those both of those projects, and it's unbelievably like visually stimulating that sometimes it was overwhelming with especially how good the production of the music is. And to hear it, you know, with both projects, she took them in very different directions from what we're used to from Beyonce. So all of that combined was a little overwhelming. I would have liked to hear the music first and then digest that a little bit and then watch the the visual. But it was still unbelievable. I wonder if you could take the music away from it and watch it. Would it still be interesting? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a thing with with a lot of music videos is that I, I, I frequently wonder, like, if this is just a music, if this is just a video, not a music video, what is the substance? Is, is this enjoyable, right? Right, yeah. Like, for example, to go back to what Jackson said and to add to this, I'm going to watch Wet Ass Pussy multiple times. I'm going to watch that music video so many fucking times. Wow, I am so glad that I have that sound bit from Hagen. <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat what you just said. Sorry, Dude, sorry. Let, gotta, let me, let me take it back. Board. Let me take it back to uh, I'm, I'm going to watch wet ass P word so many times. Um, wet P word, stands P for word. what? What does P stand for? <laughs> for pussy. <laughs> oh, I thought it was P base. <laughs> wet ass peebays but that's but that's a music video that like it, it it is interesting it's kind of funny i think um and and it it has like a, a it's it's a very important music video right now um and it's colorful it. etc but uh i wonder if if it was just like them talking i wonder if i would watch it maybe i would i i, I think that maybe it could be still funny uh but the music is definitely like a next level right uh, so I don't know. I, I think that most music videos also in probably and visual albums, keep in mind that the music is a major part. So mm-hmm. to consider what I watch this without the music is, um, is like, well, that's not how this was envisioned, right? If it was envisioned to be, uh, I'm going to use my album as inspiration for this, uh, movie I'm making or television show or whatever. 
then it might be worth it because it's not like the music is the focal point and then you're watching this. I'm going to be like writing a script and like actually having dialogue and it's going to be filmed maybe differently and so on. But because it's designed for this specific thing, I think taking the music out is like maybe just ta- like it's like cutting an arm off, right? It's like right, taking I'm, some of the ingredients away from the from the recipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've I've got a question on this. When it you know, here's a good example of could you take away the visual component and how successful would this be? This was I, I just came up with this before we started recording, and I'm mad at myself that it took me this long. But the band, the Gorillas. They have always been synonymous with their visual component of their art, and it has always been for the gorillas that the actual band has always really just been Damon Albarn, and then there was the visual component, which was Jamie Hewlett, who uh, did the all the drawings and all the visual components. And for, I think, from Demon Days on, and I may be wrong about this, I'm not the biggest gorillas fan, so I, I really can't. Uh, say that I know everything about them but from Demon Days on they actually had movies that went along with these for every single song on Plastic Beach I know that they had a every there was an actual story in that component and I think there that's a situation where uh, I think people really associate gorillas with the visual component of their music but I wonder if the gorillas would be as big as they are uh, without that component. Because I remember I as so. a kid, yeah, I don't think so either. Because I remember as a kid uh, seeing the Demon Days music videos for Feel Good Inc. and stuff like that, and just being like absolutely, you know, enamored by like, oh, here's these basically vocaloids. And I would look up live videos on YouTube, and they used to perform behind a. They would have the live band, and they would have a big. Um, you know, what do you call that? Like a, not a tarp, but you know, a, basically a big screen in front of the band and they would actually have all the characters performing as if they were actually performing. I remember being completely mystified by yeah. that. As a kid. And even when they do talk show performances and stuff like that, they're still doing that. So live now, do you know if they're, if they've gotten it's just rid a of regular that? band? Yep. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Which I, you know, huh. I've never seen them live, so I really don't know how that would go but all the videos i've seen of it it's like there's like a 15 piece band and it's always at festivals where all these artists that they collaborate with can just hop on and stuff like that but yeah that feels weird it really takes away this really cool component that you have this major pop band that is basically vocaloids but they're they're established now so they can get away with it they they don't have to hold on to the gimmick exactly yeah, and it, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, they were, like, at the point where it was, like, we want to show the we want to show who the band is, you know? We mm-hmm. want this to be more, like, this, now that we can, like you said, we're established, but also we want this to be a part of it. We want, like, the bands to become a part of this whole thing. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think about it, like you said, like, if you take, if you take it away, take the, the art away from Gorillaz, I do think that that would completely change if they would be if they were to be as successful and to go into like a slightly different but similar is going into uh metalocalypse and going going to right. death clock uh i mean if you took the tv show away and it was just death clock i think they would still be successful because they might have music videos but if you take the animation away from that it's just a cheesy metal band no one gives a shit about yeah. right 
And yeah. I think that that's that's a really big thing with something like them, where it's like this is they're not a visual album, but they're they're close ish. Um, and so you but you you take away that and they they're nothing. They're they're like any death metal band that we've never heard of. So I think that that for me is the bottom line. It's like if you're going to do a visual album, I think that you need to make damn sure that the music stands by itself. It stands on its own and then add something to it. But as an artist myself, if I need something to prop up the songs that I'm about to release, then I don't think they should be released. What about uh, so what about uh Childish Gambino? He released This Is America and as far and once again i'm not the resident expert on this so please correct me if i'm wrong but that was very much that i remember when that music video came out and it mm-hmm. was such a huge talking point it was super important and it still is super important i and there was this argument among the fans and everyone saying it's not a good song on its own that it only stands on its own with the music video i don't personally know um I, I mean, is that a situation where you think that they really are intertwined and you can't really have one without the other? Anytime I want to hear that song, I have to watch the video. I can't wa- I can't listen to it because it, it is. It's not that it's it's just not my style for me personally. It's a well done song. The production's good. The lyrics are very deep. When once you see the video, but I have to watch the video. Yeah, I think there's a reason it didn't wind up on an album. It was only the video, or is a single that kind of is not good on its own. Yeah, I, I I think that it's I think that it's like a good song. I think that the 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 problem is that the the music video it it it, it enhanced it so much, mm-hmm. and it, it it made the the words so clear. And because the content is so important, because what is being said is like you better listen to me. If you watch the music video, you're like I'm here and I get it and I'm listening. But if you listen to it. It's like listening to any, like, not any other hip-hop song, but it's like you can put it in the background and you're not going to get it. So the music video had to be that way. Otherwise, the message was lost. Yeah, the uh, average listener might get, might just totally, it'll go over their heads. Yeah, and so I think that it makes sense that you have to watch the music video, Dave, like you said, to, to listen to it. But I do think that that song on its own holds, like, merit. It is a good song. Uh, it just is, I'm not going to say unfortunate, but it's just the case where the music video does so much for it that makes yeah. it that makes it more worth it to go watch the music video instead of just listen to it in a lot of ways the video is more captivating than the song itself yeah i mean the the, the video actually it visual it shows you what's happening right it's, so it, there's there's an example of something that you could watch that video on mute and still get the point right right yeah, yeah, and i i think i have seen it multiple times on mute i, I think there's so many gifs of just certain frames from the this is america video that people just use as you know emotions so i, I think that's a great point yeah i remember i remember the first time the like the day that music video came out i was uh i was like i had just woken up i grabbed my phone and it was like auto playing on facebook and as i was scrolling through so i didn't click to look at it i just watched it all the way through the it was the first time i didn't hear the song and i was like right it, it you just did. see a shirtless man walking through a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it did, it did like, I'm not going to say just as much, but it did a lot for me without the music. So that, yeah. that, that definitely is an example. And it would be interesting to take that concept 
uh, and take the music out and go, okay, you have three and a half minutes to do this without a music video. This is this is just what you're going to talk about, what you're going to do, um, and see what would happen then because it would probably be even stronger. It's like those uh, musicless music videos. Have you guys seen those? I love those so much. <laughs> or they do no. them with like dancing in the streets with uh, uh, oh Mick yeah Jagger and David Bowie. Yeah, where they cut out the audio and they ah, add in like ah, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the I feet love sounds that like shit. <laughs> yeah that's great um Hagen I'm gonna give you a chance to talk about the thing I didn't want to talk about Go oh yeah Mr PP boy okay Mr PP boy that, uh our... that is like not even oh. Uh, you know what? a justified list of all of his offenses it's not it's not that's just the one i'm going with because it's the one that most people know um, well people are going to confuse our current president that's oh, not that's who true. we're talking about yeah yeah our current president did not uh did not make a visual album he is also mr pp boy but mr pp boy r kelly trapped in the closet that is uh, a fucking visual album uh that is the most <laughs> <laughs> that is the most <laughs> I so was here, so lost. can we <laughs> start a? Said R. Kelly. Can we start a <laughs> disclaimer? A disclaimer no, I, before we go into this is that we do not support uh, supporting dude, R. Kelly. Fuck and R. Kelly. If, if you're going no. to, if you're going to, after hearing us talk about trapped in the closet, go on YouTube and find some re-upload. Try your best to not actually support the man. Yeah, um, yeah. Because anytime you get the temptation to listen to the remix of Ignition, try and just find, go to LimeWire or some shit like that. Don't, don't, don't play it. Or just, or just like listen to Usher. It's like a thousand times better anyway. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, if somebody so- hasn't watched this, I'll I'll put a pirated version of the co- the the show notes. There you go. Well, so it is. Uh, uh, it is thirty-three chapters, and he had claimed that there were forty oh, more chapters written. Um, so it is nuts if you've it never is, seen it. It is yeah. balls to the wall, and at first, it's just like kind of, oh, this is you know, a kind of R and B story of infidelity, and it quickly becomes out of control. I mean, there's a reason why South Park did like a whole episode making fun of it. Yeah, Jackson it's... said he didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh no, I, it is hilarious as yeah. a piece of quote unquote art, but it, you know, I just didn't want to talk about R. Kelly at all. It's it's shot like a shitty uh, soap opera. It mm-hmm. is unbelievably cheesy. The first five parts, I remember when they came out, and I was a teenager, and I was like, "This is hilarious." Like, it, I hope that's what he's going for is hilarious. But nope, this was like a hundred percent serious for r kelly playing the character of sylvester sylvester is going into descent into an underbelly of lies sex and deceit yeah this shit is uh dumb definitely like yeah like jackson said go find like a re-upload of it do not give r kelly any money any attention he is a giant piece of shit it's it's very much his like tommy wiseau's the room that's what it is. <laughs> it's a great, dude. I've never put those two together before. That's so perfect. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's so bad. It's good. I think the last time I saw it, uh, my girlfriend pulled it up on uh, at the house we used to. Adam and I used to live at. We had a projector in the main room, and she just put it up, and 
I remember I think I walked out of the room for maybe 15 minutes or 10 minutes, not long enough to really justify what I walked back into. And I walked back into it and there was just so many story components happening. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck happened? And there was like three, when we first put it on, it was more of like one of those ideas of like, ah, let's just put it on as a joke. But by the time I got back, there was like at least three people sitting on the couch, just absolutely enthralled by it, just saying, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, we yeah, watched you know, the whole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. How long did that take? Do you remember? Like a whole day? I don't know. It's a, Isn't it really it's, long? It's, it's 133 minutes. <laughs> it felt for, like, forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I would have, you know, I'd love to hear do a remake of that, but like with the same concept, maybe a different story? Randy Newman. Oh, yeah. that'd be I think that would be amazing because that it's the be similar great. kind of writing where it's just you're narrating something that's happening. And setting it to music. I almost tried to do a Randy Newman voice, and but him saying, and I pulled out my gun. Oh, but do I it. Just, Let me... I decided no. I can't do it. You can but do so, it. You got a friend in me. Yeah. And I, and pulled, I pulled out, out my, my gun. gun. <laughs> That's kind of like a bomb. No, I'm in the closet. <laughs> no, I'm in the closet. <laughs> very, very good. It's... um. Yeah, it, it's something. I, man, I just keep getting so many nasty texts. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, Weird Al has a good one on his Canadian Idiot um, album. He has a version of Trapped in the Closet, and I think it's called like Trapped in the Drive-Thru or something like that. <laughs> oh, my it, God. It's like 15 minutes, too. Oh, there's like an animated video for that, right? Yes. Yeah. Really? Weird Al All right. is the dude. I got maybe like one more little section of visual albums we have not talked about um and that is concert films with a story we're not talking about concert films that just like the um american idiot one bullet in the bible where you have the uh, interlace between the live performance or interviews and stuff like that of the tour that's not what i'm talking about i'm not talking about the the led zeppelin one the song that remains the same those those are good. Those are those make sense having little things in between. But what I'm talking about is something like Muse is releasing one for their most recent album, Simulation Theory, and they recorded a whole show and there's supposed to be an actual story that goes along with it. And to tie us into what our actual topic for this episode is going to be, Metallica released one called Through the Never. Yes, it's it's so <sighs> fucking shitty. Like It's horrible. It's so bad. And like you could just get how bad it is by just watching the trailer. It The story looks like it's just complete nonsense. It looks like it's just a total fucking disaster. It is. Have you seen it, Hagen? No, I watched the trailer and that's it. I watched it when it came out because I was just absolutely I, – I didn't watch it, like, go pay for it. Like, I think it was on HBO or something at the time, and I watched it. And Is it recent? It was for the Death Magnetic Tour. So oh, my God. Pretty recent. It came out in 2013. And can uh, – Adam, what do you think a, a budget for a Metallica concert film with actual – story elements between the performances what do you think a budget for that would be like 10 million like a big indie movie 32 million dollars what the <laughs> fuck dude you could feed so many kids yes <laughs> guess how I mean, much i don't think that's what they're concerned about oh in the box office not. the box office made 7.9 million and I, i'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and God. take they just don't get it they just don't get our art 
I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, though, because uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this was one of those things that was only out for a weekend and only had select, and they always oh. knew that they were going to make their money back with like iTunes sales and stuff like that. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't by think that. you can make $30 million selling that movie on iTunes. Honestly, I am shocked by I mean, this. there are a lot of Metallica fans. As much as we hate them, they're still one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but are they buying visual albums? Or in this case, a concert film? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I wonder how much they made in like DVD sales or something. Because I don't know about like iTunes, but maybe maybe DVD sales plus iTunes is like yeah. enough. For yeah, them. that's true. DVDs know. is probably more in the market for their their listeners. Uh, yeah. I hope there were I hope there were a million Napster downloads. <laughs> and you got well, Dave. They're the streamer that pays out the most. Don't forget that. Right. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right here for this Metallica through the Never movie. This plot summary is massive. There have been, like, I guarantee you the Godfather doesn't even have a plot <laughs> this massive. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and guess what? I remember this. It actually has, like, a, a known actor as the, um, the, so the whole idea is that Metallica asked one of their, their uh, roadies to go get them a special package for Lars or something like that. And then it's, it's the, like. It was the St. Anger snare drum. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't. I can't perform right now. I need. I need that snare drum. I need that. And so this roadie ends up going through all this stuff. He ends up in a riot and all this stuff. And by the way, this movie's only ninety minutes, and it has full concert footage of um, them performing songs. And Metallica songs aren't short, so you got to understand. There's like not much here in plot, but apparently Wikipedia is like written by a Metallica fanboy. This is described as a cross between Mad Max and the Twilight Zone. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> but with Metallica concert video footage. The person who played uh, the roadie was Dane DeHaan. I don't know you, who that is. You guys don't know who Dane DeHaan is. He was in the movie Chronicle. He also played Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man. He, sure. he's, oh. he's a pretty big actor. <laughs> if you saw a picture of him. I mean, he, he's got him. credits, which says a lot. Dude, he looks like an alien. <laughs> mm, beautiful. Sorry, Dane, yeah. if you if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> but not well. I mean, I hope the paycheck was good. So, <laughs> well, I just wanted to end this whole topic. Or, well, we're still we're not even to our topic yet, which is the Metallica review. So, Woo! I just wanted to yeah, when is lead that? into that. Well, don't worry about it, guys. Let's talk about what we're listening to. You guys want to talk about what we're listening to? <laughs> hey. This- so we're going to talk about what we're listening to, and then we'll, uh, at the very, after that, we're going to cut straight into the Metallica review, okay, guys? Uh, don't forget, everybody go get their $115 ticket. There's only four of us, so we could really use two more people to make this economically sound. Please, come see Metallica with us. <laughs> whose car Whose car is going to fit six people? The Tesla. Car. <laughs> Not my car. <laughs> uh, yeah, my the car Tesla, you get the... The rear-facing seats. I'll sit yeah. in the frunk. <laughs> <laughs> Socially, that's the only way we can get Dave to come hang out with us is if we put him in the frunk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen! <laughs> no one still? God, I thought that would inspire oh, someone. <laughs> Don't edit this at all. We're so, we're um, also thrown off by Metallica. <laughs> okay, so I have been listening to. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I 
think I'm going to steal one of Jackson's. I don't know. Um, I seriously doubt you are listening. I've been listening to one thing this week, and I would bet so much money on it that you did not watch it or listen to it. Okay, so yes, I guess I'm not going to steal it. Uh, Whitney came out with their album Candid. It's very, very good. It's very good. Go listen to it. Um, May Earlwine, I've mentioned her before. She's like a country Americana singer. She put out an album with Woody Goss, who is the piano player for Wolfpack, called Anyway, and it's very, very good. Um, and then something that's not new is uh, Chiodos. They was it their 15th anniversary of their album All's Well That Ends Well, uh, and so they they like did vinyl reissues and stuff like that. And so I've been listening to that like all fucking week. Uh, and it's a banger for anyone who li- who likes some like mid two thousands hardcore shit. It's a fucking banger. No, I haven't been listening to anything. I mean, I've been listening to the regular shit, but nothing new. Well, wait, Dave, you watched Bla- you watched Bla- uh, Black is King, right? Yeah, I watched that. But so, give us a little bit about that because I have yet to see it. I I want to hear. Did you like it? Uh, I did like it. I was blown away by how high quality everything is, and like the the costume design and the execution of all that. Um, just the, the music was incredible. It was something really different for Beyonce. I think it kind of goes alongside Lion King. I haven't seen Lion King in close to a decade, so I didn't really get that. It's, it's her, it's her music that she did for, for Lion King. So it's not like, it's not like the music, like the live action one, but it's not like, yeah, but it's it's not like the Lion King music we all know. It's something that she did for Lion King, right? Yeah, but even, the, the even album through, is called The Gift. Yeah. yeah. So throughout the throughout the piece, there's like little snippets from the modern day, the live action Lion King. Yes. And uh, it was just it's. I'm gonna watch it again for sure because there's just so much good stuff in it. And even okay, so you could watch that on mute, and if you were like a designer or. If you were into interior design or anything like that, you could gain a lot of influence from it. And then you could listen to the album itself because as a musician, it's just it's spectacular to listen to. And my boy Pino Palladino was on track 15. And I didn't know that, but I heard the track and I was like, I think that's Pino. <laughs> <laughs> what what gave it away? What What is the signature Pino Palladino? bass uh he he plays the the way that you wouldn't think to play but that it fits better than anything you wouldn't have an idea to do yeah. and so i didn't look at the track listing or the the personnel to see who was on it but i was like one he's one of two bass players there's and the other bass players on track 17 there's there's only two bass players listed in the personnel and i was like damn but it's incredible it's totally worth the watch sign up to disney plus if you need it or borrow your friends login information Thank Sorry, you, Mom. I gave Dave my <laughs> login. <laughs> I didn't create a new profile, though. No, but it's it's really it's worth watching. There isn't so much of a narrative that I got on the first watch. Now, that's something we didn't really talk about. Is like sometimes artists when they make these visual albums, they there is a narrative, but it's kind of dug deep down in that you don't get on first watch. Do you guys, are you guys into like researching why they made it and seeing, you know, reading about the narrative or having it spoon fed to you and then watching it again and going, oh, I understand it. It really just depends on what it is. If I vaguely enjoyed it or I enjoyed the album and then just didn't quite get it, then I enjoy digging deeper. But if 
I didn't enjoy it, it's probably one of those things that I'm just going to be like, oh, well, you know, I guess they should stick to music. Right. Yeah, because I watched The Wall and I like had to look up, you know, I found like a 10 minute YouTube video explaining like the significance of all the parts of it. And after I watched that, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then you realize you were accidentally <laughs> watching The Wizard of Oz instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think The Wall is a good example of they could have explained more and they just didn't because it was kind of right. for like super fans of Pink Floyd or whatever at the time. I don't know. but And was that at the peak of their career? Pretty much. Oh, okay. Because it came out, I think the movie came out three or four years after the album did. And right. that was kind See, of the peak. So. You don't see a lot of bands, like a lot of local bands, making visual albums. No. Yeah, it turns out it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also, I feel like when we're talking about like The Wall, and maybe that's not the best example, but even going back to the concept album idea is that I think these artists, and I try to be really wary about this myself as a fan, I think these artists get a lot of leeway for bad writing when it comes to like oh your comic book or your you know visual album i think a fan and there's nothing wrong with it if you like something that i am saying is bad writing more power to you i wish i liked it i'm not saying you're wrong but i do think the and a lot of the things when somebody veers kind of out of their lane to try something new i think they get a little bit more um leeway than you would say give a Christopher Nolan if he were right doing a visual thing. It's like it's like actors making YouTube channels or yeah. or doing podcasts. Yes. John Krasinski, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, Adam and Jackson, what are you guys listening to? Adam, what are you listening to? Um, so Glass Animals came out with a new album called Dreamland that I've listened to a couple times. Really like it. It's similar to both of their other albums um but they've kind of hit their groove i guess i don't know of what they were going for on those um and i've also listened to uh clipping after we talked about hamilton it's so good, all of right? that's really great it's Everything's so great. fucking good yeah i've listened to their their newest album there existed an addiction to blood like six or seven times past week or two it's it's incredible writing absolutely incredible yeah so I've been listening to one album. I, I spent most of my weekend this weekend uh, recording some of my own music, and I was trying not to be influenced by anything while I was doing that. And I also was in the mind space of I wanted to get really positive. And you guys probably could have put two and two together uh, with some of the stuff I was sending you all this week, but I don't think you did. I have been listening to Andrew WK's I Get Wet all week and wow i have been so jacked up and just like yes this is great i love it it is just the most uh i sent you guys the best pitchfork review i've ever read and the summary of that review is no matter what you think about this no matter what this album is it just is and that that's what that album it's just incredible i love it it's so 
you don't even have to think too much into it. It just is. And Man, but that that sentence it just is implies you have to think about something. That's that's the fuck that's the worst kind of thing to say about it. It would be so much better if the review was like doesn't matter if you like it or not. This album is full of positivity. There you go. That's a sentence that has an ending and makes sense. But I've been listening to that all week and getting just pumped about it and just getting myself in that positive mood that Andrew, there's an amazing documentary that is on YouTube. It's like an hour long about Andrew WK that just came out in the past couple months and watch that. I would love to do a deep dive just on that album, but maybe in the future. But if you've never listened to I Get Wet, I remember when I first heard Party Hard and I was like, this is dumb, just, you know, stupid music and then i gave it a chance and wow if you just give yourself to that album it's got something in there for you just listen to the emotion it's so fucking fun i I remember seeing footage of him performing at the insane clown posse festival what's it called the the gathering of the juggalos yeah and the entire audience hated it and they were just throwing shit at him the and, and that and that like i'm sure did wonders for him i thought he i, I bet he loved that uh the first the first time yeah. that i the first time that i heard anything uh from him was at warp tour one year i was just walking around and i saw a massive circle pit and i was like what the fuck is this and it's just like a guy singing about partying and i'm like this is like holy it's shit incredible. This is this is the best high energy thing that Warp Tour could offer. I mean, otherwise I'm here to see bands that I like, but this is the perfect setting for this kind of crowd. It's so good for any crowd, really, as long as you're willing to like be in a good mood or in and get wet. <laughs> hey, can I, I, I can I request uh or not request, but I, I think I have an idea. We we'll make a remix. I get wet and we get Cardi B to come on too, and we do I get wet ass pussy, and I'm done. Okay, I was gonna say, have you guys seen the that video of Andrew WK being interviewed, and the the guy that's interviewing him while he's asking him this long winded question, he like slowly starts frowning and putting on like a devilish face. <laughs> no. Oh, it's I, amazing. I've been re I've been just watching all those like Andrew WK interviews and stuff all week because if you just even if you don't like the music, just watch some of his motivational speaking and stuff like that. Yeah. He, he's just such a fun guy. But as I said, I'm going to save all my thoughts for maybe one day we'll do that I'm so uh, down as to a do deep that. dive. But also, I'm happy to just talk about Andrew WK for the next couple episodes, just throwing little thoughts. Because, <laughs> wow, I got so positive listening to it. And then also I had this mindset of like, oh, man, if I, I think I'm going to try whenever live shows come back again, whenever our band gets to play live shows again, I think I'm going to put on some headphones before like 10 minutes before we go on listen to like a song or two from I get wet and then go up on stage and see if that like influences like how I feel up there. Because I really, I genuinely feel like I would, you know, feel more confident at the very least, if not be more excited on stage. And like, I'm not the type of person to dance, but whenever party hard comes on or party till you puke, I just want to get up and fucking lose it. Dude, I'm so down to make that a ritual of, of moniker. If we like, let's bring a bottle a bottle of kombucha, bring a bottle of whiskey. Let's sit in <laughs> in a car, or or better yet, put just blare it outside of a car before our set. That could be our walk on music rally. Walk so on down. walk on music. Yes, that's what <laughs> we right. need. Local shows. 
thank you everybody for listening to all this preamble into what is the actual episode. You can follow us on social media. I'm going to make a Twitter just to talk to Mr. Elon, Mr. Musk, uh, Daddy Grimes. I've got the uh, and- I've got the hookup to that direct Elon contact though. Don't worry, you don't have to make a Twitter. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I was very gonna say much. we know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> Thank you for listening and you can follow us anywhere. You found us in whatever podcast app you're listening on. So congrats to you. I'm not even gonna tell you where to find us. Email us if you want. And thank you into the real What's episode. The I don't know what the email is. What is the email? Nobody knows. Uh, All right. Feedback at don'tfeedtheirs.com. Hell yeah, yeah. Please email us. We're so lonely. Did you guys know that Elon Musk, uh, he wears a size 13 shoe? Dang. No, but he should email means. us. <laughs> yeah. He should email us. Hey, can you wear a size us. 12, right? I wear a size 12. Whoa. Trying to, like, out me on the fucking podcast. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, no, no. Thank you for this preamble. This has been the greatest buildup into yeah, our st- actual. Stick around for the next four hours. <laughs> our actual topic, our actual review of the new Metallica concert, never before seen band Metallica, the drive-in show. All right, take it away, boys.